Amen. Um, let's get into this. Back in the day, I was watching the NBA playoff games, and I was in eager anticipation, uh, waiting to see the Los Angeles Lakers being eviscerated and destroyed. Sorry if you're a Lakers fan. <laughs> oh, yes, the Detroit Pistons satiated my desire, and Larry Brown finally uh, uh, gained his first NBA championship crown. This is in, in, in red. Championship crown. During the break, can you hear me now? Uh, let's try this. Amen. Amen. There we go. There we go. Amen. My voice even sounds much better than it actually is right now. <laughs> uh, during the break, an advertisement caught my attention. It was in black and white with a track star apparently doing time drills. Those of us who run track uh, would know what I'm talking about right there. He was pushing the limits of physical endurance. He was perspiring and oozing from his pores were, a co were colored drops of fluorescent sweat. If you're my age, you probably remember that advert. I'm going to be 60 in June, so the 21st of June. So if you want to bring gifts, just remember that date right there, amen? <laughs> the commercial was touting a sport drink. What was it about? A sport drink. Now you need to help me preach the sermon right here. I liked when you talked to me. It was touting a what? A sport drink, which was purported to be better than water. A drink developed in 1965 by Dr. Robert Cade for Coach Graves of the University of Florida. In 1967, the football team stayed strong all season long. Remind me of my Eagles, but season long. <laughs> and went on to win the Orange Bowl. This drink was credited for uh, aiding the Florida Gators. You should know the drink by now. I'm talking about Gatorade was born. This drink was said to renew the essential fluids lost during physical fervent exercise, and it was supposed to promote peak performance. That's what spiritual gifts are given for, to promote uh, 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 peak performance in God's church. I wish somebody was listening to me this morning. At the conclusion of the commercial, flashed across the screen were these words. Is it in you? I believe the Pepsi-Cola company wanted us to accept the notion that whatever is in an athlete determines his or her worth. So bear with me for the next few minutes as I share with you the topic of meditation today. Is it in you? Let us pray. Lord, here we are this morning. Help us to realize what you want to share with us about is it in you? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In order to keep the Adventist health message alive in me, back then I was consistently running about three miles per day. 
as you notice I said back then. Because the older I get, or should I say, the younger I get, my joints tells me something different. So now I'm doing power walking three days a week, three miles per day. Tips received from other experienced runners helped me to improve my form and my endurance. I traversed the scenic route in Fairmont Park. I'm not sure if anyone here is familiar with the city of brotherly love. It might not seem like there's a lot of love right now with all the guns and all that kind of stuff. But that's what it's called, the city of brotherly love. It was riddled with inclines and declivities. There were deers, deer, sorry, black squirrel and chipmunks scampering around, cardinals and robins and mockingbirds and starlings filling the air with their melodic chirps. Trees, yea, there were lots of trees embracing the trail that I was jogging along. They towered majestically over the path providing shade during the hot summer days. If I were a pathfinder, I could tell you the names of all those trees. Unfortunately, I'm not a pathfinder, so just take it. There were trees there, amen? <laughs> amen. One night I was, there was a thunderstorm, and, and it was not a significant one. You know, sometimes it's like real ferocious, real, real, real violent. But this one was a, a small one, you know. You just heard the thunder, you saw the occasional lightning. Early the following morning, I went running. The air was fresh and crisp and refreshing as it filled my lungs. Anybody here goes out for a morning walk? You know what I'm talking about. Amen. Approximately a mile into my run, taking a protracted view ahead of me, I, I saw lying across the trail a fallen tree. Having a soliloquy, with, uh, I said, the, the storm was not that violent. The winds were not that boisterous. Surely this tree should not be falling across my path. The closer I got to the downed tree, it appeared to be struck. It, it seemed like it was struck by lightning, but I said, no, it couldn't have been that. There were no burnt marks on it. On arriving at the precise location of interest... I realized what the culprit was. The heartwood of the tree had a dark brown color as I poured over it. Evidence of termite infestation. Of what? Termite infestation. They had devoured the heartwood of the tree. I want to share with you this morning, Bucks County Seventh-day Adventist Church. The bark on the outside looked solid and intact. But there was the severely compromised heartwood on the inside. No support for the tree. Eaten by small termites. What was inside the tree determined its stability. My question for you this morning, is it in you? Like a tree, we stand as stately Christians, providing shade for those who come within our, our, our sphere of, ex, uh, 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 of influence. 
as they face the heated trials of life, when they are with us, they should feel warm, they should feel at home, they should feel welcome. They should leave with a positive feeling after mingling with a Christian, that is. Because after all, that's what the gift of the Spirit is for. To empower others. You, you all do know that, right? We may be a member of the Sabbath school. You got a gift. You might be a deacon. You got a gift. You might be a deaconess. You got a gift. You might be an elder. You got a gift. You might be an usher. You got a gift. Or you might be a plain bench warmer. You have a gift. And that's a spiritual gift I'm talking about. As a result of that, we automatically become role models for others who are looking at us. However, many of us have small sins that we pet ever so often. You ever have a little puppy and they come, or a cat, and we pet them? We have sins that we pet just like them. Let me see your hands if you have, no, don't do that. <laughs> Sins like termites begin in small in our lives. Nevertheless, they eat away at the heart of our spiritual experience, severing our relationship with Jesus. On the outside, on the outside, we do things the right way. On the outside, we say the right words. On the outside, we are the epitome of solemnity and dignity. On the outside, we resemble stalwart Christians, solid and intact. But on the inside, there is no spiritual fortitude. I know that doesn't happen online, and I know it doesn't happen here at Bucks County, and it definitely doesn't happen at Fairview, but it happens in some churches. You all understand what I'm talking about, right? So whenever a, a, a mild storm comes along, because there's no spiritual fortitude, we snap, we break, and fall, exposing the true character. And you go around and say, I never knew he or she was like that. They were like that all along. They were just smoke screens. Because what's on the inside eventually comes out to the outside. Sometimes we are so wrapped up in sin, we, we do things that only an insane person would do. Yes. But in the end, the result of sin is always this five-letter word. D-E-A-T-H. Sin always leads to that. My Bible tells me the wages of sin is life. Oh, it doesn't say that? You're right about that. It doesn't say that. The wages of sin is death, and as we continue to cherish that, we will die with it. But before this sin has taken its toll, before we have reached the point of no return, our being like a drowning man grabs at a straw. And I see that straw in the Bible. In the 40th division of the Psalm, verses 6 and 7. And I hope you brought your Bibles with you today. We're going to sit right there for a little bit. You know, it, 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 uh, uh, the X's and the Y's, they sometimes don't bring a Bible. They bring their, their cell phones and you see them going to the cell phones and they're finding a Bible on it. I believe it's the Bible and not TikTok they're finding on there. Amen. Yes. So, so, so get off the TikTok and get off the Snapchat and, and get on the Bible app, right? 
Amen. That's what we want to do right now. And if you have a hard copy, just go to this right now. The 40th division of the psalm, verses 6 and 7, it says, Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. So, what is the straw we're talking about? That same verse that I just read in Psalm 40 and verse 8. Let's have a look at it in the New Testament. Because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So let's see what that text now reveals in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 5 through 7 tells me right here. Turn your Bibles right there to the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 5 through 7 it says. Watch it. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice. When he? In the Old Testament, it didn't say he, but it says he here in the New Testament. When he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. So, you will realize that the straw that we're talking about, that if we are drowning in sins, the straw that we need to grab onto is no other than Jesus. I wish I was speaking to the right church this morning. So, Jesus came to do the Father's will, but what is the Father's will, you may ask. And I'm glad you asked that too. The 40th division of the Psalm, verse 8, tells me, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea. TikTok is in my heart. Oh, no, it didn't say that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I should have kept my glasses on, you know, every so often it messes up. So let me go back to the text again and see what it says. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Oh, that's what it is. So having the law of God in my heart empowers me to do God's will. The question is this morning, is it in you. We're talking about spiritual gifts. Just remember that. Amen? Amen. The Bible is giving us right here the rudiments of the new covenant. And you might ask, what is the new covenant? Let me share what the new covenant is with you. Bear with me. We're going to some place. You get it as we get there. Just, just, just join and jump onto the bus and we're going to take this journey together. Amen? Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 33. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 33. It says this right here. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a old covenant with the house of Israel. Not at all. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, this is a covenant that we should be living under right now. Say the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it on their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. So the question is, is it in you? 
So he asked God, why is he placing the law in us? It was written by his finger on tables of stone, and stone signifies durability and strength. But in hearts, in flesh, if you ask me, flesh represents weakness, doesn't it? They are the works of the flesh, yeah, and the works of the spirit. But check out this text right here. Exodus chapter 20, verse 24. Exodus 20, verse 24. So eloquently read by, read, sorry, by Sister Jackie Bramble right there. Let's have a look at it one more. It says right here, An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and thou shalt sacrifice thereon burnt offerings and peace offerings, thy sheep and thy oxen, in all places where I record my name. Where he what? Record my name. I, which is God, will come unto thee and bless thee. He will what? So wherever God's name is recorded, there's a blessing that accompanies it. I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing every minute of the day. When I wake up, I want to be blessed. When I leave my house, I want to be blessed. When I get back, I want to be blessed. So I need to find out where this thing, where God is writing his name. Does that make sense? Amen. The Hebrew word for record in that text right there come, is, is the word Z-A-K-A-R, zakar, which also means in English to remember, commemorate, or consider. Amen? So, his name is recorded in a place where we need to remember. What a coincidence when we look at Exodus chapter 20 in verse 8. We see something there. Let's have a look at that right there. Exodus 20 and verse 8. The same word for remember is the same word, zakar, that we just looked at. And it says right here in Exodus 20 and verse 10. Exodus 20, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? That's the remember. But where is his name in that commandment right there? Look in verse 10 and we'll see it. It says, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Hold up here. So the name of God is in that commandment. And if the commandment is in our hearts, hold up here, hold up here. Let me not jump ahead of it. Here we go. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. Who made heaven and earth? So, the Lord, who is God, made heaven and he made the earth. He's transcendent. He's above all gods. My Bible tells me in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Hold up here. So, God created the heavens and the earth, and now we're seeing the word was in the creation too. This is not new to some of you. You already know this. So the word is the same as a creator in Exodus. So who is this word? John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us who the word is. It says right here, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So that word is Jesus. 
That word is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 tells me right here something more about Jesus. It says, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Hold up here. Jesus, the creator of the world, that Jesus is God? Yes, Jesus is God in his pre-incarnate state. Matter of factly, while he was here on earth, he was simultaneously God and man. But he never uses divinity to overcome temptation. Divinity was shrouded in humanity. This is the Jesus I'm talking about right here. Hath in these last days spoken unto his son, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2, unto his son, by whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So Jesus is in the law, in the new covenant, which must be in us. So let me change the whole title of it. I should ask you then, is he, Jesus, in you? Because you can't expect to have spiritual gifts if you don't have Jesus. And that's why many of us, we just have talents. <laughs> and a talent and a spiritual gift is two different things. Yes. Someone with a, with a talent of singing can sing all night long in this church and not a soul will be saved. And someone with a spiritual gift of singing, they sing, they break the heart of everyone and they want to give their lives to Jesus. That's what makes the difference. Jesus is in the law, he's in the new covenant, and he must be in us. So is he in you? But it gets better. Look at what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 24 one more time. It says, in all places where I record my name, God that is, I will come unto thee and God will bless thee. What are you talking about? Let's have a look at what I'm talking about. The word bless comes from the Hebrew word barak. What word? Barak. And I'm not talking about Obama. And barak means in English to speak, and you need to listen to this part right here. To speak words invoking divine favor. Hold up here. So he's going to come, he's going to place his name within us, and then he's going to speak words that invoke divine favor? So whenever Jesus is in the heart, he speaks words to us that invoke the divine favor of his father. That's why the songwriter says, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own. Is he in you? That's why the songwriter says, take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where'er you go. Is he in you? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. 
in the name of Jesus, Satan will have to flee. Is he in you? The little children used to sing, with Jesus in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. Is he in you? Is he in me? Then the songwriter says, Jesus, oh how sweet the name. Jesus, every day the same. Jesus, let all our saints proclaim its worthy name forever. You see, Coach Graves, talking about the Florida Gators again, Notice that as his team played in the heat of the oppressive Florida sun, they became dehydrated, and even though they drank water to hydrate themselves, they needed something better than water. Like the woman at the well, Jesus gave her something better than water. That's why she, she left the watering pot and says, come see a man that tell, tells, tells me all that I ever did. She never uh, uh, got thirsty again. She was renewed and she was energized in Jesus. A whole town was converted. But let me share something with you right now. Turn your Bibles to the book of John. Which book? John. John, chapter, 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 chapter 14. John chapter 14. And we want to have a look at verses 16 and 17. And, 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 And let's have a look at it right here. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. It says right here. Jesus is speaking, and if you have a red letter edition, you will see those words in red letters. So this is Jesus speaking right now. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you shortly. A limited time. Uh, Ephemerally. No, forever. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you the comfort, and he will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Oh. So, if Jesus is in me, if Jesus is in you, then automatically the spirit comes with us. Oh. It goes on to say, because... Uh, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Oh, that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Because if the Spirit is in me, that's the Spirit that reinvigorates, renew. That's the crux of spiritual gifts. So some people want the gift of preaching. Some people want the gift of singing. Some people want the gifts of speaking different languages. But they haven't got Jesus. Guess who folks will be looking at? That person and not Jesus. All spiritual gifts are given to lead you and me to Jesus. Let's not get it twisted. Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in of God in Christ Jesus. So to have spiritual gifts, we have to have Jesus first. The question is, what is your relationship with Jesus like this morning? 
You know, many of us come to church and we are only Christians in name only. Adventists in name only. Some of us don't even realize we've got 27 doctrines going on. <laughs> sorry, my brother. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's actually 28. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, it says right here, Romans 1, 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. If I have Jesus, I'm going to have the Holy Spirit. And if I have the Holy Spirit, he is the one that empowers me to use the gifts that he has given me. Without the Spirit, no gifts. All I have is mere talent, and talent will not win anybody to Jesus. It enables me, or should I say he, the Spirit, enables me to see the Jesus in you and you to see the Jesus in me, allowing all of us to live in harmony. You know, anytime you go to a church and it's full of gossiping and all that kind of stuff and he say, she say, and backstabbing and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't happen in this church, but I know some churches that it does happen. You have fights breaking out in the church, fist fights. When you go there, you know somebody doesn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. No, seriously, because my Bible tells me the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Did you see any strife going on there? No. And if you have the Spirit who gives us spiritual gifts, you will live peaceably with all men. But I know we are in harmony in this church. There's no upheaval. There's no, you know, no, no, nothing going on. Not in this church. It, not, uh, and online, it's not there either. Since Jesus is in us, we're valuable. Let's not forget that. A lot of people are walking around with low self-esteem. It's because they don't realize who they are and who they belong to. Once we realize who we are and who we belong to, we realize that we have value. We're more than 50 cents. Yes. Because we have found the pearl of great price, which is in us. But some of us, because we, we, we listen to the wrong things, we walk around like Fifi. Is it Fifi? Fifty? Fifi. You, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Put Jesus in us. And we walk around with our heads up and our chest high. Is he in you? Now the question is, how do we know when Jesus is in us? The advertisers, using the hyperbole of the athlete sweating drops of Gatorade, brings home the message. When Jesus is in us, he flows through us. So you ask, how does that happen, Pastor Brooks? Glad you asked. The little book, Steps to Christ. Anybody remember that book? <laughs> we have, for some strange reason, we, 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 we stop reading like you, you, the patriots and prophets and, and testimonies to the church and, and, and the Tsar of Ages and the great country. We don't read all them things anymore. That's like for kindergarten Adventists. But we, we, we're in this thing now. We don't need them anymore. But I would advise you to go back and reading some of them stuff. Probably you might get the Jesus in you again. Amen says right here, Steps of Christ, page 52. When the love of Christ, listen to this right here. When the love of Christ is enshrined in the heart, like sweet fragrance, it cannot be hidden. It smells like Calvin Klein. No. Cannot be hidden. Its holy influence will be felt by all who come in contact. Oh. So if Jesus is in me, 
I will get along with everybody. Oh, wow, sound like a poet right there, right? <laughs> like brother, brother Acosta right there. Jesus in us empowers us to use our spiritual gifts. The question is, when was the last time somebody came in within your sphere of influence and experienced Jesus? No, seriously, check yourself. The Bible says we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah, we're working out right now. When was the last time someone says, you know what? You look so spiritual to me. Which church do you go to? And you were happy to say, you know, I'm a member of the Bucks County Seventh-day Adventist Church. No, some of us, we just want to walk around like undercover Christians. No, seriously. Which church you go to? Uh, church? What are you talking about? Oh, church. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I go to the church. Don't even want to mention the name of it. You, you have some people that I know representing some rainbow stuff. I want everybody to know about it. So if they are so bold, why shouldn't I bold to say, I am a seven-day Adventist and proud of it? I, I know I'm speaking to the wrong church this morning. I know I'm speaking to the wrong church this morning. Our pet sins have caused us to fall into those sins that have crept into our lives and paralyzed us. And that's why we don't want to identify with the truth for which we stand for. Because it goes directly in the face of the practices of some people that are not living in harmony with the Bible. And you might have to stand up and say, you know what, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. But what you're doing doesn't harmonize with this thing right here. Oh, we're just talking about spiritual gifts this morning, though. You understand what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yet the question is, is he in you? And I'm going to wrap it up right now. I think I've messed with you enough <laughs> this morning. So let me wrap it up right now. But I want to leave you with one uh, word of encouragement, a little word of encouragement from the book Steps to Christ, page 43. And it says right here, there are those who have known the pardoning love of Christ. I'm one of them. And who really desire to be children of God. I'm in that group right there too. Yet they realize that their character is imperfect. Guilty. Their lifestyle is faulty. Better put up two hands on that one. And they are ready to doubt whether their hearts have been renewed by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in that place where you're wondering if God is angry with you? While you're in the dull drums and it doesn't seem like anything is coming through for you? I've been there because all of you all have never been there. I've been there. Yes. To such, I would say, do not draw back in despair. We shall often have to bow down and weep at the feet of Jesus because of our shortcomings and mistakes, but we are not to be discouraged. Truth to be told, if you're walking with Jesus, you will get to this place where life becomes a burden and you feel like Atlas holding the globe and you're saying, Lord, if you don't take this globe off my shoulders. Yes. Do not be discouraged. It says, even if we are overcome by the enemy, we are not cast off nor forsaken and rejected of God. No. Christ is at the right hand of God 
who also maketh intercession for us. So the question is, as I close, and you realize the importance of Christ in you, the question is, is he in you? Is he in you? Is he in me? Because it's only as Christ dwells in us, the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in us. And as the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we'll have the power to exercise our spiritual gifts. Is he in you? Is he in me? As we stand to our feet right now, as we stand to our feet, as we stand to our feet, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. The only one that should be looking right now should be me and the, and the, and the musicians up here. But everybody else's, your head should, should be bowed and your eyes should be, should be closed. And you're examining yourself right now. You're measuring your life beside the life of Jesus. And, and, and the thing about Jesus, you can't fool him. He knows what you think before you even think it. And you know within yourself that you haven't allowed Jesus to fall out his life, to live out his life totally in you. You haven't really surrendered your life totally over this past week. But this morning you want to say, Jesus, I know I haven't been all that I should be. But this morning I realize that with you in me, I can do all things. With you in me, I can receive the Holy Spirit. With you in me and the Holy Spirit in me, whatever gifts I receive, it will be, I will be empowered to be a perfect witness for you. If you want that power this morning, why don't you raise your hand? Amen, amen, amen. You may put them down. There might be someone down in here this morning or you online, and you've heard this message probably for the first time, and you're saying to yourself, you know what? I have been weak, but I'm listening to this sermon and it seems like there's hope. I've been taking 10 steps forward, but it seems like I'm taking 20 steps backwards. And I want that power, Lord, because you said that in your word, that where your name is, I would be blessing. You would invoke the power of, of God in my life. And I want that power this morning. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand? You want the power of God in your life this morning. I see the hands going up. I see the hands going up. Amen, amen, amen. I don't know if you have a Bible worker, but you should see those hands going up. You want to talk to them afterwards. Amen, amen. We're going to pray now. We're going to pray. Once again, Lord, we want to thank you for your words this morning. Thank you for the power of Jesus. With Jesus who created the whole world and all that in them is. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Uh, and he didn't leave it to chance, but he came behind that and sustained it. And he is still sustaining it today, right down to the minutest atom. It is this Jesus who died to save us from sin. It is this Jesus who was the primogenito, the first begotten of the Father. It is this Jesus that came to fulfill the, 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 that promise that you give, that he would crush Satan's head.
even though Satan would bruise his heel at Calvary, Jesus had been victorious in heaven when he was Michael the archangel, fighting against the devil, kicked him out and he saw him like a, a, a flash of lightning descending into this earth. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And it is this Jesus that we're talking about. This Jesus that brings with him power. This Jesus that brings with him Holy Ghost power. This Jesus that enables folks to walk in water. That's the Jesus. That's the power we're talking about this morning. You saw the hands that went up. You saw the folks that stood up. Yes, Lord, we are here. Weak. But when we realize that we're weak, that's when we are ultimately confident that you are strong. Exercise your power in us this morning and we'll be careful to give you the honor, the power, the glory, and the praise because you and you alone, we want to be in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.